welcome to the Adventist Healthcare and You podcast. We are back with a new episode. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Nimit. Hi, Shanna. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm excited for the winter. Just getting used to the cold. I know. Weren't you just on vacation? I was. How was your vacation? It was amazing. Did you... Do you feel re- rested and recharged? Yes. Awesome. I'm ready for this winter Good now. for you. I came back a couple of weeks ago. I'm feeling like I'm ready for the winter too. Yeah, I think it's much needed to take some time off. Agreed. Agreed. I, I hope everybody uh, has a chance to take that recharge. Yes. Recharge time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we have a great topic today all about living with diabetes. And we have two wonderful guests today uh, to join us. We have uh, our director of care navigation, Jackie Cruz. Hello. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And we also have diabetes care and education specialist, Laura Previte. Welcome. Thank you. Well, we talk a lot about diabetes on the podcast, in our health chats, elsewhere. It's a topic that comes up all the time from the community. It generates lots of questions. And we wanted to have you on because you all help directly with patients in living healthy and managing diabetes. So, We wanted to have you on to offer our listeners some tips and answer, you know, just some common questions that you hear. So um, it's a complex disease, whether, and many are dealing with it, either they've just been diagnosed or they have a family member. So it really affects many, many people out there. So welcome. All right, let's, uh, let's dig right into it. What is special about what you do here at Adventist Healthcare? How do you help patients, Nurse Jackie? I think that, you know, we have a different approach. We're a hospital-based system. So that means that we work with patients that have been recently at our hospitals that have been discharged, whether it's a first-time diagnosis of diabetes or whether it's a complication that they had. We have multiple teams. Um, so we're able to work with the patients as soon as they discharge and also work with the patients in the outpatient setting. And, you know, we work with primary care providers that have a lot of patients that have diabetes. A big majority of our patients, you know, they have multiple chronic conditions and diabetes is usually on that list. We work with uh, patients from the primary care practices that have a diabetes diagnosis. Most of the time, these can be referred, the initial diagnosis or with having an A1C that is greater than eight, so not managing their diabetes. We also have the care navigators get directly assigned. We use database, we use uh, payers tools to identify these patients that have um, A1C greater than eight and they get assigned to the care navigators and they can start working with the patients. I want to come back to that a little bit, but I want Laura to let us know how she works with patients and what's special about that. Yeah, so I have like the best job in the world because I get to work with Jackie's team Um, and she has a great team of nurses that are, like she said, assigned to these primary care practices. And when they identify patients that have diabetes needs, they refer them to me. And I have this great opportunity then to work with people one-on-one, usually virtually or over the phone, every now and then in person. Um, But I work with, I think it's about 28 offices, Jackie, that we have. So it's a a big pool of patients that are being referred. And um, yeah, I get to spend all this one-on-one time that these patients never get. And um, it's just, it's such a blessing. It's just such a, it's, I'm so grateful to have this position because it is just such an impactful way. At the end of every day, I just feel like I'm so rewarded in what I do Um, because I know it's helping people live a better life. The other thing that I get to do, which makes my job great, is that I get to teach classes online for our community. So I teach a diabetes education 
class that focuses on nutrition. And then I also teach a gestational diabetes to help women who are pregnant and develop high blood sugars during pregnancy. And we're hoping to expand some of these offerings in 2024. I think it's so important to mention here, and I think maybe there's a myth or just a misconception that if you have diabetes or even if you just have a chronic condition, but diabetes especially because it is so complex that you're going to get all you need with the one visit that you have every few months, every once a year, uh, you know, once a quarter, how often you need to go visit your physician when really that one-on-one or that support piece is really needed to make a difference and and to help guide people through it. And that that's really a personalized way to help people individually. I also like the fact that, you know, you get referred from the primary care providers. Whenever patients visit the primary care provider, they get so much information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you mentioned the A1C test for diabetes patients. That's just a part of the testing they do for, and they get tested for so many other things. I think having a follow-up for special things like mm-hmm. that, like diabetes, is so crucial because it's so prominent now, right? We see diabetes patients all over. Um, so getting that one-on-one attention, spending that time after the primary care setting is is very vital. Um, so as you work with these patients, are, are there some common questions you get from them? What are some of the common misconceptions they have or, you know, just things that they're curious about? I'll answer this because <laughs> I get lots of these questions. Probably the biggest question is, what can I eat mm-hmm. or what is bad? That's And I hate that when people say the word bad, like the food isn't bad, right? And you're not bad for eating it. You just have to learn the right ways to eat it and how to identify you know, what the different types of foods are and the effect that it has on your blood sugar. Diabetes is a very individual disease. It can be totally different from one person to the next. And so my job is to kind of unearth that, right? So I work with people and get them to start learning too how their diet, their lifestyle affects their blood sugars. It is so individualized and maybe that's why it makes it so complex for people. I think there's just so many barriers, you know. Um, Our care navigators are always assessing for social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. A lot of times as nurses, we want to fix the clinical things, right? We want to get that A1C down. That's our goal. But how do we get that? How, you know, do they have access to healthy foods? Are they able to afford their healthy foods, right? Do they have, are they able to afford their insulin? You know, a lot of times we think that because they have insurance that, you know, insurance pays for those medications. And most of the time, some patients have a high cost um, co-pays. And so assessing all of those things and making sure we meet the patient where they're at, right? We also have a lot of patients that have misconceptions about insulin. They don't want to start on an insulin. And there's barriers to that. Sometimes it's due to, you know, false information that they've heard. Um, just many different factors. So making sure that when we're creating a care plan, like Laura said, it's very individualized, meeting the patient where they're at. I don't want to give up my soda. Okay, so let's start with diet coke. Where where can we help Impact. include the patient yeah. at where they're at in their journey? I love that. I love making it personal and individualized and meeting them where they are. Everybody is different. You mentioned social determinants of health. That's an important factor, but we're talking about it more to address it because it does affect how people manage their health. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, you mentioned a lot about barriers in terms of, you know, affording insulin or even knowing the resources. And Laura, you mentioned a couple of things about like, you know, having education sessions that you do provide. What are some of the resources that are currently underutilized that are available for diabetic patients that they would benefit from in the future or even now? Yeah, just don't know about. 
I would have to say Laura. <laughs> you know, she does have a lot of patience, but we do have patients that with an A1C of 14, they're like, nope, I'm good right now. You know, I, I don't need a diabetes educator right now. Um, and sometimes, again, misconceptions. What are they going to teach me? You know, I already know I've had this disease for 10 years. What, what else can I learn? And so I think that, you know, once the patients do enroll with Laura, we get our care navigators are always telling me, oh, this patient loves Laura. She's so happy. (laughs) And, you know, when we see the trends of there's many times that we don't know everything. Right. And so Laura has that the care navigators are focusing on a lot of different things, a lot of chronic conditions, and they don't always have the time to go in depth into the diabetes because we're also focused on your CHF. We're also Uh focused on your COPD. And Laura has that one-on-one time that she can fully devote to diabetes and give those patients those resources and that education that they need. Yeah. And that's a good point, Jackie, though, because I get to establish a real relationship with these patients because I meet with them. Who knows? Sometimes I have some people I've been giving them support for diabetes for like two years because they've had a terrible journey with their diabetes and they need somebody to just be there to support them because they're not getting it anywhere else. But once I establish that relationship with them, they're more willing to then divulge things to me that, like Jackie said, her team is focusing on so many things. And every day they've got a whole new list of patients that they are trying to follow up with. And um, I can, you know, establish these relationships. These people then become comfortable and then they start telling me, you know, things that are barriers or challenges or things that they've never told their doctor that are really concerning things. So that is kind of the beauty of my job is that I really get to establish a relationship mm-hmm. with these people and give them that support that honestly most of them have never had and not through any fault of their primary care or any other doctor they've seen. It's just unfortunately the way our healthcare system is set up at this mm-hmm. time is there's just not time. I feel like it happens like this with a lot of chronic conditions. You know, you see the doctor once or twice or, you know, occasionally and then you kind of feel like you're on your own and you provide a safe place to, you know, develop that relationship and and provide that support. So that's it's wonderful that we have that here. And, you know, when I worked at the hospital, most of the patients we saw had diabetes as one of their comorbidities. You know, every medical history we obtained, you know, diabetes was the top thing for, for every patient. So clearly it impacts more than just your blood sugar in your body. What are some of the other things in your body that diabetes impacts for, for a human being? So that's you know, kind of backing up a little bit to when Jackie, we were talking about the complex, like what makes diabetes complex is that, you know, diabetes is kind of quiet unless your blood sugars are super high or super low. You don't really feel it. So it's really easy to ignore those people that have those A1Cs of 13 and 14. They're like, I'm fine, (laughs) right? Because they don't really feel it, the damage that's being done by those high blood sugars, right? right? High blood sugars damage our blood vessels and blood goes everywhere from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. And so everything is kind of at risk from being damaged from diabetes. You know, the common things that we see are kidney disease. We've got a big effort right now um, trying to focus on, you know, kidney health with our patients. Um, So kidneys are very susceptible to high blood sugars. But really anything, you know, nerve damage, so neuropathy in the feet, that numbness and tingling. um, Affected their eyesight possibly. Eyesight. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And so that's a really important thing you just brought up. And I don't know why I didn't (laughs) think of it first. There's so Um, many things. Right. There are so many things. But, you know, that 
annual eye exam yeah. is really important. That's something that we all focus on, Jackie's team and myself, and encouraging those people and explaining to them, why is that important? Well, guess what? Your eyes are the windows to your soul, your diabetes soul, because it's the only place in our body that we can actually look and see your blood vessels. And if we see that there's some damage to those blood vessels in the eyes, then we can pretty much guarantee that there's damage going on other places in your body as well. So that annual eye exam for these people, really, really important. And annual foot exams too, right? Or some type of appointment to ensure that your feet are doing well. Yes. So primary care or an endocrinologist or a podiatrist should be doing regular foot exams, but it's also important for patients to do a foot check every day, Mm -hmm. especially if they've got some kind of neuropathy um, where they're not feeling things well because they could step on a tack. We have a lot of patients that are like, no, but I, I see well, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have any problems with my vision. And again, that education, I've had a, you know, I had a eye exam last year, but making sure they know it's a retinal eye exam, right? And this is one of the most difficult ones that um, we have trouble getting our patients to. Yeah. Cause they don't know anything's wrong, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, I see fine. Mm-hmm. Well, we've mentioned a couple numbers or a couple terms that let's clarify first for our listeners. What are some of those key health numbers that someone needs to watch or learn about if they have diabetes? We, you all have mentioned A1C a couple of times. What is that? How can people know what it is and watch it? I'll take this one. <laughs> um, okay. So the A1C is this blood test that we do. It measures how much sugar has been in your bloodstream for the last three months. Um, and it gives us an estimate. So we get this percent. It tells us the percent of sugar that's coating these red blood cells, and we use a little chart and convert it over to an average blood sugar. So in somebody that has type 2 diabetes, we want their A1C to be under 7.0%, and we know that that's a good number because that's when um, it decreases the risk of developing all those diabetes complications because it's controlling the amount of sugar that's in the bloodstream doing that damage. Okay. Any other numbers to watch out for if you have diabetes? There are. So we're looking for kidney health. So we're looking for that filtration rate. If you look on your lab work, it'll say EGFR. It's the filtration rate of the kidneys. Um, So we're looking for that because when that number starts going lower and lower, it means there's kidney damage. It means your kidneys aren't filtering properly. And then we also do another test. We check the urine for some little tiny proteins because your kidneys shouldn't be getting rid of those. So when we start seeing some of these little tiny proteins in your urine, it's a red flag that some kind of damage has happened to your kidneys. And we can do things to slow um, or stop that kidney damage when we do those tests. It identifies that for us. Okay. Um, What are, you mentioned earlier, you know, people always have the questions about nutrition. What can I eat? What's bad? You know, is a myth. We don't say bad. Yes. We don't say bad. (laughs) Yes. You know, what are some one or two tips that you do give them when it comes to nutrition? Oh, there's probably more like a hundred. I but, know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably like as like a, a bigger like umbrella is, you know, balancing out their meals. Never eat a carb without a protein. I brainwash everybody with that <laughs> um, because the proteins help slow down those carbohydrates so they don't spike up your blood sugar as much. And eating a lot of high quality carbohydrates. So avoid the kind of like the junk food carbohydrates on a regular basis. Every now and then it's okay to be a human. But for the most part, you know, every day you should be having some healthy vegetables and fruit and healthy lean meats or healthy fatty fish. Those are the good things and just combining them, 
making sure that you're eating nice variety. I like that. It's all about moderation. It is. So beyond the um, physical health, you know, there's definitely an emotional aspect of it too, uh, of somebody who has diabetes. How can friends and family support their loved ones with diabetes? That's a great question. I think, you know, just walking with them, you know, at where they're at, I think even, you know, walking in the neighborhood, you know, 15 minutes, that that helps their heart. Cooking together, you know, making yeah. um, healthier meals together and learning together as a whole to eat healthier. Um, I think those are great things, you know, that we can do as a family. Yeah. I, I'll share. I'll be vulnerable for a minute. I'll share a story. I I wanted to eat healthier the last couple of months and I was telling my, my spouse I, I wanted to eat a little healthier and I was going to incorporate that into the dinners. And he's like, well, don't cut anything out that I like. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that. Support your, uh, support your spouse or your partner, or your loved one and their journey as best you can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't me being vulnerable. It was telling tales on my, on my spouse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things I usually invite, or I almost always invite any kind of a significant other um, to join our sessions because for that support. So, if, you know, your loved ones um, understand your journey and your struggles and your challenges and the rationale behind why, you know, we're saying, you know, try to eat this way, balance these foods. You know, it's going to be easier for the whole family, like Jackie was saying, right? To do this together. Do it together. Because it makes it really difficult when you have somebody in a household that may be sabotaging. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now that peer support and I'm gonna, increases accountability. I'm going to tell my, I'm going to tell him he sabotaged me. <laughs> <laughs> send him my way. I am going to. I'm going to send him to Nurse Laura and you can set him straight. <laughs> uh I guess uh, any final thoughts about diabetes or or tips or anything you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up for the day? I think it's making even the small changes, mm. right? I think we don't we don't give enough credit for those small changes, and I think those are very very important and for everyone across the board and trying to get healthier. I think this is like a constant thing, you know. We're bombarded with like junk food as soon as you know we are in the grocery store. So, um, you know, the greatest tips that, you know, I think we say this a lot, but you know, don't go to the store hungry, right. Mm -hmm. And stick to the outer lanes, right. Where the fresh food Mm -hmm. is at, um, you know, avoid those aisles where you just have too many temptations and too many options. And again, like Laura said, in everything in moderation, um, I think that's really the best advice. Yeah. I love, I love, I like the small you know, it's, it may seem so overwhelming at the beginning, but if you make little things and they can have a big impact over time. It's yeah. true. Yeah. And that's usually, I have people start with one thing, right? One meal. Let's yeah. work on one meal. And then celebrate that. Right. Celebrate Absolutely. those. Yep. Yeah. When you feel like you conquered that, then let's move on. Um, but as far as tips, in addition to everything else we've covered and what Jackie just said is I probably the biggest tip I could give people with diabetes is in our world of all of this social media and our Mm. access to the internet is using reputable evidence-based resources to get your information. Knowledge is truly power. And when it comes to diabetes, the more you know, the better. But if you learn inaccurate information, it can send you down wrong paths. So my advice is do not get your medical information or your diabetes guidance from TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I get all kinds of crazy things that people tell me or ask me. 
So go to, you know, the, the CDC website, the American Diabetes Association. Your World doctor. Organization. <laughs> yeah. Your, Your doctor. doctor. <laughs> Me, Jackie's team. Go to reputable sources. That's really great advice. Very good to know. Yeah. Yes. All right. Don't titrate your own medication. <laughs> oh, okay. that's another one. Yes. <laughs> Always consult don't your doctor. Don't make changes. Yes. <laughs> don't don't do anything until you've talked to your doctor yes. or your uh, or your nurse Laura <laughs> about if you want to make changes. Correct. All right. I love that. Well, we always like to end by asking our guests, um, and you kind of given some tips. So, what is your one tip for a happy, healthy life? So our listeners can't see you pointing at Laura <laughs> <laughs> to go first. Pointing at each other. <laughs> That's a deep um, question. Right? It's, it's, hard to question. Narrow, it's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> it I think being grateful I think oh that's great you know it's I was just hearing that today you know walking you know really thinking about being grateful for our health our health mm-hmm. you know we I think we take it for granted the fact that we can wake up and walk and you know do all the things that we do on a daily basis and so just being grateful for those things I like that well following that I have to say world peace <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously don't be so hard on yourself, I guess, is probably oh. the biggest thing is, you know, understanding you're a human and, you know, there are going to be times when you're going to feel like you're doing the right thing. And sometimes when you know, maybe you've not done the right thing as far as what you've eaten. But I think, you know, understanding that you're a human and you're going to try your best and that you've got people there like me and Jackie's team and Jackie herself <laughs> yeah. to support us, right? Or yeah. to support them. I love that. I feel good after that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very holistic approach. Patients that are in our program, they get, if they have needs with transportation, our team can help, you know, provide an Uber transportation for the patients to get to their specialist, their primary care provider. We also um, piloted this year Hungry Harvest. So mm. patients that are having trouble affording healthy foods, they get a weekly uh, fresh delivery um, to their homes for those patients that, that have more need. Well, within the program, mm-hmm. we've got pharmacy access yes. to a mm-hmm. clinical pharmacist that does pharmacy review, so it can go through patients' medications, especially complex medication regimens. And um, you look for contraindications. They talk to the patient, mm-hmm. get you know history from them, teach them about their medicines, make sure they're taking them properly. So that's a huge resource. Behavioral health resources. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, it's really about ensuring that the, our community of, of patients have the resources that they need to better manage their health, meeting them where they are. So, exactly. yeah. And I think maybe to clarify, it's not just like anybody off the street yeah. can call us. Like these are specific, you know, physician offices that are part Correct. of our provider network. Yes. That are have certain insurances that are eligible. For yes. That. And each patient has their own unique needs that Correct. we yes. can meet. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, if our listeners would like to find out more and find a physician within the Adventist Healthcare Network, please visit AdventistHealthcare.com and check out also classes and events. We do monthly health chats. Laura does her monthly diabetes education sessions. So please check all of those out if you're a member of the community. Thank you all for being here, providing this great information. And um, hopefully uh, all of our listeners enjoy it. Thank you, Nimit. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Yes. Yes. And thank you to our listeners. Be well.